Paramount Plus and the National Park Foundation present A Mountain of Zen. This Earth Week, you can live stream seven national parks for seven days on Paramount Plus. Paramount Plus, official streaming partner of the National Park Foundation. Now streaming on Paramount Plus. You ready, Bob? Well, all right. Audiences are raving. Bob Marley is electrifying. It's the feel good movie of the year. You dig? Bob Marley, One Love. Rated PG 13. Now streaming on Paramount Plus. Hello and welcome back to the Wildcat Scoop Podcast. I'm your host, Shelby Shear, here with Jason Shear. And before we begin, we have a message from our sponsor. Hello. Have you ever been naked before? No. <laughs> um, <laughs> don't hire me. I, this uh, is not a script, clearly. No. Uh, once again, and throughout the football season, we will be sponsored by Homefield Apparel at homefieldapparel.com. Type in the code WILDCATSCOOP23, all caps, one word, to get 15% off. Hot gear, new school drops every week. It's uh, it's good stuff, show. It is good stuff. And good we, gifts. We wear Home Field Apparel shirts frequently, and they are good gifts, especially with the holidays coming up. We recommend the Arizona line. Are the holidays coming up already? I mean, I pl- I'm planning a December festival already. I went and looked at Christmas stuff on Friday, so. Yeah, Shelby has like a secret Christmas factory. And I have you... a secret Home Field Apparel factory. There we go. But yeah, 15% off, homefieldapparel.com. Sign up, get updates, buy some clothing. doesn't have to be Arizona. As long as it's not ASU, you know you're good. I think it's good. Yeah. Okay. Uh, That was our obligatory little blurb. I thought it went well. I thought you went well. Thanks, babe. Um, Moving on, we are here for this podcast. Shelby's leaving me for three days. (laughs) I w- can I say what we're doing and then you can go No, and- Shelby yeah. is leaving me for three days. So today we're going to do offense. Tomorrow we're going to do defense. And then I'm going to just be here alone. Oh, all by yourself. Um, I will all say now that you open that can of worms, I will be at a conference in Glendale for the Arizona Parks and Rec Association. Is it I want to be all by myself? I don't want to be. Don't I think wanna- it's don't want to be. Oh. Don't well, wanna in my case, be. Wanna be, <laughs> but I'm not. I'm not kids. <laughs> um. So yes, as Jason just said, we will be reviewing the offense. Arizona football just finished their scrimmage on Saturday night. So we all have a little more information than we did before. Starting with overall, what are your thoughts on the quarterback play that you saw in camp? Glad you asked, Shelby. Anytime. Uh, I think this is one of those. I know there was kind of a a fake quarterback controversy last year because people like really like Noah. Noah had a great camp last year. I thought this camp, Jaden was clearly head and shoulders. Is that heads and shoulders? Head shoulders. He's uh, above the other ones. Like when you watched camp this go around, uh, there was no question that Jaden Delora is the best quarterback. Did he make some mistakes? Yeah. Um, you know, he threw a pick in the scrimmage, for instance, but Jed pretty much said that he called for the pass because he wanted to see if Montana, like, kind of like, okay, Montana, can you go up and get that? Like, can you, what kind of plays can you make? But he was he was generally very accurate during camp uh, and, and pretty consistent, which is probably the thing that you want from your quarterback the most. Uh, Noah Fafita was inconsistent. I think at the beginning of camp, he actually looked really good. 
like really good. I had one reporter turn to me and go, man, if you didn't know who the starter was, you would think it was it was Noah. Uh, in the last two weeks, he he struggled. It's really, really the, the last week, uh, maybe a little bit more than a week. You saw it during the scrimmage. He had a couple of passes batted down at the line. Um, that's going to happen because of his height, but he actually has been able to avoid that. Had a pick, um, you know, has had a pick the last few practices where he's kind of made an ill-advised play and the defensive back has tipped it and intercepted it. And the accuracy just wasn't there overall. Um, you know, it's I'm not telling everyone to give up on Noah Fafita being the future or anything like that, but I think he struggled the last week or so. Uh, Braden Dorman, the freshman, um, started off slowly in camp like any freshman quarterback will, uh, but really picked it up at the end. And it's it's interesting watching him because Arizona right now in their roster has kind of a variety. Like Jaden Delora can run a little bit, not big, but bigger than Noah. Noah's not a big runner, small, like very small. Uh, Braden Dorman is huge. You know, he's a, a tall guy that is can make all the throws, super arm strength. Um, you know, I think he has a bright future. I don't expect him to play or, or push for any type of competition this season. But when Jaden Delora leaves, um, which maybe after this season, we'll see. I, I expect Dorman to get a, a very real look based on how he did at camp and, and how fast he learned and, and the compliments his coaches gave him for that learning curve and the ability to kind of learn fast, which isn't easy to do. Jed Fish, again... No one is exaggerating. Like, Jed Fish runs a very complicated offensive system. Like, it is a flat-out NFL offensive system. It is complicated. It is nothing like Braden Dorman or others have run before. Um, so, for Dorman, a quarterback, to come in and pick it up like he has uh, is very impressive. All right. That is encouraging. Um, well, there's some questions with the running backs. Is the depth chart – well, well, restart – is the depth chart what we originally expected? Yeah, same question, Shelby. This is what happened. Shelby had uh, three sips of coffee before this. So all, all bets are off. I'm drinking it now. All bets are off. Uh, yeah, I would say so. Um, you know, Michael Wiley is very, very clearly the starter. Uh, there were some practices where he took it light because basically the coaching staff said, you know what, uh, you're, you're good. Right, and, and we don't need you. We, we know what you can do. We don't need to push you. You're the starter. After that, I think it actually gets a little intriguing. Uh, Jonah Coleman looked good, but, you know, I thought DJ Williams had some highlights of his own. Like, I, I think that's a more narrow margin than people think. The problem with DJ Williams is that he hasn't been able to stay healthy, but when he stays healthy, he's legit. Like, we've seen it in his career um, he had some really nice plays in camp, broke a lot of tackles when they were allowed to tackle. And again, Jonah did too, but I just feel like those two are, are closer than people think. Speedy is, I almost don't consider him a true running back because of the way they're going to use him. We saw it in the scrimmage, both scrimmages in camp, and we saw it in practice as well. They'll give him a carry. They'll line him out wide. They'll give him an end around. Like there's a variety of ways. They're going to give him 10 touches a game, but it's not going to be just 10 straight up carries. Like, Jonah Coleman is probably just going to get carries. DJ Williams may catch a ball or two. Wiley may catch a ball or two. But it's nothing crazy. A speedy Luke is going to be used. Like, do not be surprised if you see speedy start in the backfield and go in the slot. Like, a two-back set. You know, stuff like that. So, you know, I, Wiley's one. I think it's closer with between Coleman and Williams than people think. And Speedy's going to be four in the depth chart. I wouldn't be surprised if it's Michael Wiley and then Jonah Coleman or DJ Williams 
or Speedy Luke on the depth chart. Um, I think we're going to get a lot of ors at the depth chart. But, uh, yeah, that's that's just kind of how it is right now. Okay. At wide receiver, what stood out to you in camp? I think Arizona's depth is insane. Um, we'll, we'll start from the top. T-Mac had a very, very successful freshman season, as we know. And, you know, a, a group of us that were at practice the other day kind of projecting his numbers. And he has looked like literally one of the best receivers that Arizona's had in, in quite some time. I think he's going to push for a thousand yards and double digit touchdowns. I, I, and like, it wouldn't surprise me if he finished with like a thousand yards and 12 touchdowns. I, I think he's that type yeah. of receiver. Um, he's bigger than last year. He's faster than last year. He runs better routes. That's also the key. I mean, there, there is, I don't want to give away too much, but there, there's a route they run that is basically a comeback route for T-Mac. And I don't think one DB stopped it at any point throughout the entire camp. And I'm talking like five yards of separation because of his strength and his ability to, to kind of, you know. And, and so uh, he is an absolute stud. Uh, Jacob Cowing, we know what he can do. He's going to have a monster year, um, you know, that he's going to do as expected. Montana Lamonius Craig is the real deal. You know, I, you know Kevin Green had a, a solid camp. I think Montana was better. Um, so you have those three. But the thing that really stands out, Shelby, is the depth is just, it's insane. Because, you know, a lot of teams will, will kind of rotate. And Arizona's not going to rotate because you can't really take Cowing and T-Mac off the field. But, like, Jackson Holman had a nice camp. Malachi Riley had a nice camp. Kevin Green, we just mentioned. A.J. Jones had a very nice camp. I think you almost have to give him snaps. I just don't know where. Carlos Wilson is going to be a stud. Devin Hyatt looked really good. Like, the depth is crazy. And, I don't again, I don't know how much Arizona is going to need the depth this year. But, like, it, it is I, – I would put Arizona's depth with with a lot of other schools. Like I, I, I would, I would. I'm not saying Arizona has the best wide receiving group in the country, but I don't know if it's that far off either. When you take a look at the overall depth and what a lot of younger guys uh, of the younger guys can do, and the overall, you know, talent at the top. Well, um, next question: How big of a weapon? And this is my favorite position, as everybody yes. knows. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Baseball has begun, which means you need to listen to Fantasy Baseball Today in 5, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. Join Scott White, Chris Towers, and me, Frank Samphill, every Monday through Saturday as we deliver all of your fantasy baseball needs in just five minutes. We'll break down the biggest performers, news, and prospects who could make an impact this season. Make sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else podcasts are found. How big of a weapon do you think the tight end position will be this season? Huge. Ginormous. I just don't know how, how it can't be. Like, it's another one of those positions where 
it's super talented. You know, we know what Tanner McLaughlin can do. I don't even really need to talk about him. He's a stud. Again, another guy that got bigger, stronger, faster. You know, he's he's a monster. Kian Burnett took a major step forward. Last year, he was kind of a, a fish out of water, right? Didn't adjust as fast as maybe we thought. Wasn't as strong and physical as we thought. Jordan Papa basically said he's been in the classroom. He's been learning routes. He's got them bigger. He's got them stronger. And I said, well, how much? I asked him. I straight up asked Papa. I said, how much of what he's doing in camp is simply because he's stronger? And he said, I would say he's stronger, but if I said a lot, you know, that's completely understating Burnett's ability. Like, it has nothing to do with, it has, you know, yes, you can do more when you're stronger, but it's the understanding of the game. And he has absolutely, uh, you know, come come a long way. Um, and, and, you know, and that's not even to mention, like, Tyler Powell, I still think, is going to be awesome. He's six seven. He's a monster. I don't know how much he'll play this year. Roberto Miranda who is like a 40, 40th year sophomore uh, or something like that. <laughs> no, really, you laugh, but I think he's – I'm going to look this up. I think he really is like a fifth year. So he's listed as a redshirt sophomore, right? Mm-hmm. This is what COVID and redshirting and injuries do for you. He enrolled at Arizona. His freshman year was 2020. Whoa. Yeah, so 2020, 21, 22, and now you're 23. He's only, so he's a fourth year sophomore. So he could still he's be here. 48 years yeah. old. Um, but, like, he had a nice camp. And, again, I don't know how how well, you know, how, how much he's going to play. But he, he had a nice camp. And the guy also that you got to keep in mind and, and keep an eye on is Dorian Thomas, the freshman. Super athlete. Not going to play this year. Might redshirt unless they play him special teams. But he's 6'5", 250. And he is awesome athletically like pow pow said he is doing things athletically that he hasn't seen from a freshman in a long long time so i just don't see how when arizona is in the red zone especially they don't you know put an emphasis on the tight end because they have mismatches they can create that defenses just will have major difficulty handling perfect that's what i love you're gonna get all the tight end you can i'm so excited it is my favorite all the tight end you can get your hands on the best part that people don't realize when we're watching games in the press box, and you'll hear about this as we get into the season, if you're new, Big 12 fans in particular, Jason um, has a very strong, <laughs> prescient sense of what's going to happen. Like, he has, like, a snapshot second to see what the offense is going to do, and he will literally call out plays, like, what's going to happen before it happens. And sometimes it's even, like, creepier where it's, like, there was no warning and he'll know, like, oh, Arizona's due for this because, like, based on the laws of averages. And it's really impressive. It's also kind of annoying. And then you get Brian who, like, then has the follow-up stats about, like, the historical aspect of whatever is going on. So we'll talk about that more. If you follow Jason on Twitter, especially during a game, um, in football in particular, he does it in basketball too – but in football, he will call out what's going to happen before it happens. And uh, it's pretty impressive. So that was a little shout out for my boo right there. Thanks, babe. Um, okay. Well, number, where are we? Number, da, da, number five. The offensive line went from a concern, a major concern, to a strength. How did that happen? The young guys. Again, it goes back to the young guys. And look, when we did like the preseason preview of the offensive line, you know, we talked, if you remember at the time, I said, you know, a lot of this depends on a guy like Raymond Polito. 
and it was it was upsetting, Shelby, that he wasn't here in the spring because had he been here in the spring, you're like, oh, he, you know, he's locked to start, but it, it went beyond that. Like he, it took two practices, right? And and so he's starting and he's really good. I was laughing because he had a false start the other day in the scrimmage, but he's been really good. So now you have the right side of your line uh, with Raymond Polito at six six three thirty five. And Jonas Savanea at 6'5", 330. That's the right side of your line. And then you have Jordan Morgan, who is a first-round pick, if not high second. Wendell Moe, who's 6'2", 340. And then Josh Baker. So now, all of a sudden, every single lineman you have is 300 and tall and big and whatever. But, again, it goes back, in my opinion, to the young guys. Uh, Rhino uh, Tapatuai, Tapatutai, whatever. I don't know. I got to learn it uh fantastic camp he's running with the twos uh, on the you know as a, as a true freshman uh Borjan has missed camp, a, a good chunk of camp with an injury but it allowed other guys to step up Leith Magnuson had a great camp he ran with the ones a couple times um so he has stepped up in a very nice way so now all of a sudden there's some depth but really it's it, it goes back to the young guy like the fact that Raymond Polito was able to step up um, is a big deal. And, you know, obviously, you know, not all credit goes to him. There's other guys that you have to keep in mind. You know, Jonah took a step forward. Jordan Morgan is healthy, it looks like, and all that. But, um, you know, anytime you could have a guy like Polito who's able to step in and play well right away, now all of a sudden you have created depth. And so the competition's a good thing. And, yeah, I mean, I, I think Arizona's offensive line is going to be one of the strengths of its team. And had we said that, a, a month year ago, ago. A year ago. But even a month ago, people have been like, oh, I don't know. So the fact that Polito was able to step in right away, everyone stayed healthy, knock on wood, uh, it's a big deal. Whenever we would do a mailbag, like this time of year, last year. Every question, it felt like. Every question, we would filter it down to one. It was some type of iteration it, of, what about the offensive line? Yeah, some version of the offensive line question. It was multiple, multiple, multiple questions that we would just toss into the mailbag and say one person said it, but it was a lot of people. And, and I will say this. I think we need to really shout out Brennan Carroll because you remember Jonas Sabaneo wasn't very highly recruited. Right. And clearly like a first-round draft pick. Uh, Raymond Polito, Arizona flipped from Alabama. <laughs> like, That's pretty this crazy. Is, this kid is good enough to play at Alabama. And then the younger guys, like Elijah Payne, Tyling Gonzalez, uh, Rhino. You know, mm-hmm. Rhino was a guy that they loved. Like, they loved, and, and Greg Biggins have told me, like, this kid's a sleeper, and he's he's going to start in his career at Arizona, probably as a sophomore. You know, they'll probably, but so, you know, the fact that Brandon Carroll can go out there and evaluate and really coach this lineup, uh, he deserves a, a ton of credit. Awesome. Okay. Um, which offensive freshman stood out to you throughout camp? Yeah, I think, you know, we, we talk about in basketball a lot like hitting, hitting on a recruit. You know, in, in football, the odds are not very good because you're going to miss on guys. It's just reality. But let's kind of go through this because it's pretty crazy. I think Arizona hit on most of its recruiting class, which is insane. It doesn't happen. Jackson Holman is going to be good. Check. Big physical receiver, has had his moments. He's, it's just not his time yet. Malachi Riley is going to be good. Carlos Wilson had a couple of practices where you're like, oh, crap. And even Jed mentioned him like, okay. Like this kid, I mean, he is fast and athletic. He is going to be awesome. And remember, he was like 
committed to Utah. He was highly recruited at one point, had some personal issues, got an injury, uh, but he looks great. Brandon Dorman, right? Talked about him already. Um, you know, and Brandon Johnson's a little iffy, didn't play, but, you know, I'm going to keep on going with the, the offensive guys. Um, you know, and I, I don't, Tylen Gonzalez ran with scout mostly, hard to say. Jury's still out on him, but he looks the part. Rhino, he's a stud. Elijah Payne looks good to me. Um, I think he's going to be good. Raymond Polito, we already know. Devin Hyatt, wide receiver, looks really good, right? Dorian Thomas, uh, you know, you don't get a lot. We, we didn't get a lot of views. I'll take, you know, the word of Jordan Papau, who said he's a freak athlete. Arizona may have pretty much hit on 90% of its offensive recruits. That's that, that, that number is insane. That's amazing. You're amazing. Thanks, babe. This isn't a question on the, know, so the list, but we'll just, because you went to, you've gone to pretty much everything that you could have done for camp. What is your uh, final, like, who would be the person that you want to, like, shout out the most, maybe? like On offense? On offense. Like, somebody, it, it, can, it can be someone we would expect, like Jaden Delora. It can be someone I mean, the best, the best offensive player on the team, in my opinion, by far, is T-Mac. Oh, okay. Well, let's uh, talk about T-Mac. You know, I think we, we did already, Shelby. I know. Again, you, I think you have people, to talk about him. Well, here, let's talk about this. The Belintnikoff award list had 49 guys. First of all, I don't understand why you let's... couldn't just make it 50. It was 49 guys. For T-Mac to not be considered among the best 49 receivers in the country is going to look stupid after two weeks. I mean, I am not exaggerating. He is a first-round wide receiver. Like, and, and look, there is a reason, and I'll say this, when the Sumlinari didn't happen, there have been at least, like, three NFL scouts at every single practice. And it's for Jacob Cowing, it's for Jonah, it's for T-Mac. Like, it is, I mean, he, he is legit. the best. And, and that's not a knock. Like, like, I think Jonah's a freak, right? But when I'm telling you, T-Mac was completely unguardable. In, in Arizona's practices. And it wasn't because of Arizona's defense. It was just the fact that I would tell you that I'm not sure there's very many corners in the night in the nation that can guard T Mac one on one in single coverage. Amazing. I've said amazing a lot tonight. I yeah. need a new word. Um did we see him when we drove through U of A today? He was coming out of practice with uh, the team. I don't know. I saw him. But uh Okay. He deserves his flowers. Yeah, so today they had a like a team meal tonight as a football team. They have the day off tomorrow or Monday uh, because it's the first day of classes. And then like fall camp's over. This is it. it, They'll do fundamentals and stuff. Maybe they'll put in a little stuff for NAU. But like I mentioned to you, like I had a moment. I was like, uh, college football starts. So exciting. This upcoming weekend. Arizona still has a couple weekends, but Shelby and I are going to some Margaret. What is it? We're going to the Salsa Tequila yeah. and Taco Challenge so next week. Saturday is going to be big for us. Our last Saturday of uh, no plans for a long time. Yeah. And also, just really quick, shout out to our friends at the Pride of Arizona. We enjoy going and watching the band rehearse this past week. And we like it. You know, sometimes we'll drive through U of A and they're just out doing sections. But we are big supporters of our band. And uh, we have a lot of people that like that we... Shared some videos last week on Twitter. So, also Yay. shout out to the Mountain View Dance Line. My nights now consist of watching my daughter dance. Yes, Aurora has been practicing 
very hard since she made the team not even a week ago. And between that and the fact that Brielle, our little one, is going to start playing trombone here any day. Yes. uh, If you're a parent, you understand the activities are ramping up with your kiddos. So our kiddos are busy. The podcast will always remain the same. That's why Shelby's, that's the real reason why Shelby's leaving for three days. (laughs) That's right. Has nothing to do with my nine to five job. So anyway, ladies, if you're listening to this, I'll be, no, I'm kidding. Jason's holding auditions (laughs) for a new partner. No, I'm not. Anyway, tell him, Shelby. Bear down. If you're a student listening to this, good luck on your first day of class. And yes, scheduling that 8 a.m. class was the biggest mistake you've made in your life so far. Rookie mistake. It's the NFL offseason, but on Pick 6, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, the football season never stops. Host Will Brinson, John Breach, and Tyler Sullivan are joined by analysts like Brady Quinn, Leslie Ducible, Katie Mox, and R.J. White to keep you in the loop on everything happening around the league. Whether it's free agents signing with new teams, the all-important NFL draft, or schedule release day, Pick 6 has you covered. As the face of the league changes with every team move and player pickup this spring, Pick 6 is a must-listen. Download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and anywhere podcasts are found.